Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Off the rails, but on message. The agenda behind the derailed train. I'm Monica Perez, and this is today's Deep Dive. Our diving platform today is an article in the Wall Street Journal... Ohio train derailment, toxic chemicals and distrust remain in East Palestine. Little subtitle says residents say they want more information about chemicals that leaked into soil and water. So we're about a week out from this thing, more than a week, almost two weeks actually. And that's where we're landing. That's, there's been a lot of environmental damage. And if you don't know what happened, if you're not, if you haven't been following this story, let me just give you a little recap. And then I'm going to tell you what I think is weird about it. And then I'm going to tell you what I think the agendas are, the possible agenda items. Okay. So if you haven't heard, uh, there was a train, a Norfolk Southern train, very, very long train. I calculated it at a minimum of 1.4 miles long. And then there are some reports that say it's 1.9 miles long. It had some chemicals on it and it derailed in East Palestine, Ohio on the 3rd of February. And uh, not all of the trains went off the track, but a bunch of trains did, dozens of trains did, uh, of cars did, and some of them had chemicals in them. Different reports on what chemicals and how, you know how many cars were like that. The whole story is pretty fishy for me, but where it went off uh, the tracks, it was in Ohio, in eastern Ohio, right on the border of Pennsylvania. They're they're saying that there's a video that shows some sparks, a hot wheel or a hot box, whatever they want to call it, about 20 miles out, about 40 minutes earlier. I saw that video. There's no timestamp, no date stamp. I don't know where the location is. I don't know if that was the train. I'm really not convinced by that video, but it may be true. Maybe other people have, have validated it. I don't know. But regardless, that wasn't really what caused the disaster. Now, every article I've read from recently says things like, here's a perfect example This was from the Penn Capital Star. Here's a quote. Environmental advocates again have warned of the dangers posed by trains carrying hazardous materials after the 50-car derailment of a Norfolk Southern train along the Pennsylvania-Ohio border on Friday night sparked a massive explosion. A, it definitely didn't spark a massive explosion. Or I should say, there were no real reports of that. There might have been some fire. There was some written articles at the time that did say there was some fire. But if you if you go back, I went back to the Wayback Machine for a couple of these articles, and there are no pictures or anything. Now, those very same articles, Wikipedia was one, I think an Associated Press article was another, I actually put them in the show notes, have now pictures, like fiery pictures at night, really big 
scary fires at night. And they claim unequivocally in both cases that those pictures were from that night, from February 3rd. And I, I do not believe that. And, and in the wiki one, it says February 3rd all over this picture. But when I dug in and dug in, ultimately the only information I could find verified like in their whatever, I don't think it was code, but in their kind of backlog stuff was February 16th. That that picture appeared on February 16th. So I think those pictures weren't of that first night. I think all of the real environmental damage, all of the problems was because of a decision that was made. The decision was made to ignite these chemicals. Now, if you look at the protocol for igniting these kind of chemicals, if that's ever something to do, they like drain the chemicals out into a ditch and they light them in fire then. I would say you would drain them into another vessel. Like I, you know, obviously I can't research how it's a vinyl chloride, how you really should dispose of that. But they basically blew it up. <laughs> you know, you can see a trench burning and the actually blowing up some of those cars, I could not find in any of the real protocol, but that was a decision that was made. It's not crystal clear who made that decision. The EPA was on site before that decision was made, which was, I think, two or three days later. Norfolk Southern actually conducted the operation, so they were in on it, if not the decision makers. I got um, a tweet saying that Tony Merkel, so the tweet was from old Greg, that Tony Merkel said that both DeWine and Shapiro, so the governors of Ohio and Pennsylvania, this was his tweet, they both signed off on the chemical burns and are now walking it back into possible lawsuits against Norfolk Southern. They should be sued, but I don't want to hear those two idiots act like they thought the burn was a bad idea when they signed off on it. So I, I can't verify that, but it makes sense that those guys would have done that it, they are not being cited. I haven't found them anywhere cited in any of the articles. I probably read 20 articles on this, all of which are in the show notes. And my first thought was that it looks like there was confusion. It looks like some clowns made this decision. Nobody's taking ownership. And that kind of thing, I've noticed that you can, like, especially with school shootings, they're looking at local authorities and they're saying that they can't handle these big problems. So, uh, or the corporations have their own interests. That's a big theme here. It's all about the money, the corporation, corporations. So I feel like they're looking for federal or even global regulations on this stuff and control. And in my opinion, the corporations love that stuff because the bigger, the better. A company is best able to comply with regulations when they're huge and they can use the regulations to keep in to keep newcomers out. So I think they always like the regulations. And uh, so when I see stuff like that, I think, oh, that's going to be used, whether it's true or false. I mean, we invaded Iraq because Saudi Arabia did 9-11. Like, it doesn't have to make sense. It's just a talking point, and it'll get you there. So even if these guys signed off, and I think it is at the state level because other people were discussing that in some tweets I'm going to read later. So they they didn't, you know, it's, it's not exactly clear who made that call, I found immediately that like that just seemed like a crazy thing to do and it just seemed completely out of the ordinary for something that you would do. But, and there are a lot of fishy things here, but one thing I noticed immediately 
was how much it resembled. And I mean, immediately, like I hadn't really been following this story from day one, but I saw a picture of it just obviously flashed across the news. And I saw that plume of smoke and I said, oh my gosh, that looks exactly like the movie I watched the last time I was at my mother's house, which wasn't that long ago. My sister and I were searching for a movie that we could all agree on, and Netflix basically fed us this movie called White Noise. And I'm sure a lot of people have noticed that because they probably got fed it too. And we started watching it. We watched like the first half. It really didn't seem to be going anywhere, but it was about this town that had a train derailment, and it had an explosion or whatever, and that was some... There's a name for it people have been talking about, like an environmental toxic event or a toxic air event or whatever. So I didn't think about it too much after that. I was going to actually pursue it because it was so similar. The image was so similar to what I had seen in the movie. Lo and behold, it is not only the same scenario, except for in the real life scenario, government interfered to cause the environmental crisis by lighting it on fire, which is unbelievably suspicious. But it actually was filmed in... (laughs) No kidding, in the place where this actually happened, East Palestine, Ohio. Unbelievable. I mean, literally unbelievable. And there are many similarities from the original scenario, which is the train derailment, the fire, and the toxic air event, to the location, obviously, Uh, Also, other weird details, like there were conflicting evacuation orders in the movie. So at first they told you not to leave to shelter in place. Then they told people to leave. Then they told people to go back inside. And it really caused mass confusion. And I noticed that there was something similar that happened here. I don't know if it caused mass confusion, but in one single article, I found these two quotes. This said, thus far, no concerning readings have been detected, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro said at a brief evening news conference about three hours after the venting and burning procedure began. However, he urged Pennsylvania residents within a two-mile radius of the derailment site to shelter in place and keep their doors and windows closed through the evening as a precaution in case the wind shifts. All right, in the same, so he said, stay inside. In the same article, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine earlier ordered evacuations in the area of the derailment that has been smoldering since Friday night. Authorities believed most, if not all, residents in the danger zone had left, but they were knocking on doors one more time before releasing the vinyl chloride inside the cars, he said. So this was like the same day, and it was totally confusing. Now, what they didn't say is that DeWine said if anybody with children refuses to evacuate, they need to be arrested. <laughs> that's what that's what I read in one of these articles, if not his actual statement. Uh, another thing that was weird, speaking of that guy, is that the authorities in this movie, White Noise, were incompetent. They gave conflicting information, but they also said like unbelievably tactless things. Like the guy in the the shelter told one of the refugees, let's say, Oh yeah, you know, you've been exposed like you you're, you know, 10 15 years from now you you might definitely get cancer. Like I don't know whatever. You should probably <laughs> not worry about it too much, but like you're in trouble. That plays in. Uh but the the tactlessness and the fear-mongering and all that was a major major issue in 
the reporting I've heard about this. So one of the things DeWine said at a news conference was, you need to leave. You just need to leave. This is a matter of life and death. And I feel like the way they were talking, the evacuation orders, all that, it's very, it very much feels like a drill. It really feels like a practice to see how people react. They do media drills. They do propaganda drills. That is what the 2017 SPARS document on the Johns Hopkins website was. It was the COVID dry run for propaganda. And I feel like these kind of cues, they're seeing how people react. But that issue, that specific issue about scaring people about short-term and long-term health issues and giving decisions about going back to where you were or it's safe now based on short-term information when you had no idea about the long-term information, that is also a uh, a feature of this, of the real, supposedly the real-life thing. And I think it was Mike from OBDM podcast, who gave me a couple of good pointers on this story, which he's been covering, is that they just put out a, just like within the past couple of weeks, a health bracelet or health device called My ID. And they were trying to, they were giving them all the way free to East Palestine, everybody there, Palestine. And people seem to be meeting it with skepticism, whatever, but it was about kind of monitoring, surveilling your health. And that is definitely one of the things that I think is a purpose here is, is health surveillance. And my guess is the uptake of my ID has been pretty dramatic since they've been scaring people about the long-term and short-term health implications here. And not just idle threats. I mean, they really created a health hazard. This thing that they released into the air is uh, supposedly made chlorine gas like the chemical weapon they used in World War I. I mean, to do that casually, which is what it appears to have happened, uh, is unbelievable. I mean, the cost-benefit, I'd like to see how much in detail they got into the cost-benefit analysis of this. Like, what's it worth to take a chance this thing blows up? I mean, they had to drain it off. They actually blew it up. I, I'm not buying this story. I don't know if anybody is. But there are other people have been saying scary things, conflicting things. I heard uh, more. I had a report. I think I listened to T-Lab. I hardly ever listen to podcasts, but I just wondered what the people who had been covering this for the entire time were saying. And T-Lab was good. And he said, I heard on his show a few things, one of which was that a professional expert said, if it were me, I would not go back. They're telling you it's safe to go back. I wouldn't go back. That kind of cross messaging didn't happen during COVID, you know? And then I don't know if it was the same guy that T-Lab was talking about or what, but today I heard on Neil Cavuto, Cavuto today, a professor from Johns Hopkins, uh, Pete DiCarlo or something, I can't remember his name, saying, I would totally not go back. I've got little kids. I would not go back. And they're just doing upwind tests, which are basically worthless. I mean, you would never have that kind of messaging in any anything that wasn't meant to have conflicting messaging. I don't think you would hear that. You did get a little bit of that with COVID, but not like the professionals, the Johns Hopkins guys on Fox News. They were pretty much saying what the CDC was saying. So this is, they're conflicting with what, I don't know if it's the EPA or the governors or whatever, but the official statement, these guys are questioning, which I just don't even find 
believable because I, I just don't think you're getting honest answers from these guys when they're being interviewed. So uh, a couple of other things I thought were were weird. So in this East Palestine where the derailment took place, it was right up against the Pennsylvania border. You can look at that. And uh, I stumbled upon the fact that East Palestine has one of the very few, if not only, operating freight depots. So it has a train station for freight. Uh, the uh, One of the few, if, if maybe the only, in Columbiana County, which is where it is. So I was like, East Palestine is three miles square. <laughs> so where is it? This train is a mile and a half long. Where is this depot? And it was only about about a mile or so from the Pennsylvania border, from where this derailment took place on a straight line. So I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, it is conceivable that this train, part of it was still in the station. I can't, I can't crack the code on that. I'm not getting enough, like a wide enough view on the aerial pictures. I just can't. But it seems really weird to me that this thing went off right there. But coulda, coulda. Maybe they didn't stop there. I don't know. Um, a couple of other fishy things is it, it, this last time I looked, this emergency or I heard on Fox news today was not yet given emergency status by FEMA, the federal emergency management, uh, agency, which makes no sense to me. The stuff that gets FEMA credit is, (laughs) I think the bar is pretty low And I just, I feel like this is all pointing to how we need more centralization, how we don't communicate. It was, it was the same thing with January 6th. It's the same thing with the shooting stuff. Like there's just a failure of communication. Now what's the answer? Total surveillance, total control, total uh, data sharing, total information sharing, complete monitoring at all times. You know, it's all pointing to the same stuff. But some stuff that I thought was like, Fishy. So I'm not saying this didn't really happen. Like, I don't know what happened. I definitely, you know, I see the pictures like that. Something definitely happened. There was definitely fires and stuff. But was this a genuine derailment? I really don't know. But some stuff was weird. Like, you couldn't go in or out of the town. So people who wanted to get into the town to their business or whatever couldn't. And people wanted to get out. I have quotes of people saying they couldn't get out. And that the National Guard was just barricaded it. There's just no in or out there, no movement. Nobody could get close to the site. The mayor of this tiny town actually had somebody or reported that somebody was arrested for going around a barrier and kind of trying to check out what was going on. Arrested for, come on, like, think about that. You're in your town, your tiny town. You want to see what's going on. You'd like sneak around the barrier or whatever. They arrest you. Similarly, they arrested a reporter I don't know what they said. He was talking too loud or something. But, uh, you know, that's extreme. And then they they rolled it back later. Uh, so I just feel like there are a lot of strange details here that I'm not getting the answers to, e- even though I really did spend this entire day trying to track down the answers, like who made the call uh, to burn this thing? Did the train stop at that depot? Can we validate that video that shows the hot wheels No, and I I cannot get any of the answers here. I couldn't even open this toxicology report on vinyl chloride. There is the CDC for the first time in 17 years. A lot of people sent me this, a lot of people, but the I could not open it. I could this website would not load this document. So happily, 
my producer sent me a Tim Pool video where he did open it on screen, so hat tip there too. And he it shows that this they were in January 2023 put a draft document together on vinyl chloride to kind of change their official. I don't know what rules on that or status on that, and that it was out for public comment. And what I think is hilarious is that I've been talking about this Delphi technique and how it's all about building consensus and everything you look at will always have like community outreach in there. And I'm thinking like, this is really taking the concept of community, of, uh, of consensus, like consensus building too far. Like you do build consensus when you have black swan events like this. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Anyway, so there, that, was, that was really strange too. I really cannot get to the answers on a lot of this stuff. So what do I think are some of the agenda items here? Obviously, I've mentioned a few. I think the the My ID rollout, I think some extra surveillance. One big thing, obviously, is that they are either, I mean, it looks like they are genuinely contaminating the water, the regular, the water that's flowing, the soil, and they also said municipal water is fine to drink, but not well water. And think about that. Like, how are you ever going to clean this up? How are you ever going to contain this? Like, how are you ever going to know that that well water is safe? How will it ever be safe? How will the soil be safe? And another thing that Mike from OBDM said was that it's Amish country there. And actually, he lives there, so no wonder not in that town, but in that state. So no wonder he's all over this stuff. And I mean, those, that's where people assert their right to live off the land. And I've been talking about this. I'm releasing something with Lanny of Greener Postures and Matt of Granite State Spice Blends. On Monday, we were talking about cellular agriculture and stuff, but we're also talking about chemtrails and talking about how why why are we being polluted? And more and more, I feel like, and there's droughts out here which are connected to what they're spraying, looks like to me. Why are we being polluted like this? Why are we being controlled? It's because there really is no scarcity when it comes to the true necessity of human existence, which is food and water and air. You know, you cannot monopolize that stuff. There isn't enough scarcity in it. So if they can make it so it is not universally available, not ubiquitous, not accessible to yourself, if you simply assert the right to, to grow it or access it autonomously, then, uh, 
you know, they have that control. You you are part of the grid. You are there aren't going to be outlanders. There might be tunnel people, but there won't be uh, outlanders. So that's definitely a major uh, agenda item here. Uh, obviously, I feel like they're trying to centralize control. I said that. Um, I think that you've got a lot of people trying to blame the corporations. People will blame the government. You'll have both sides, left and right, blaming the other side. But what you will end up with is everybody will get on board with a compromise policy solution that does every single agenda item I'm t- talking about. So the left and the right will each come out with their own policy thing, and they'll just mush them together, and it'll be everything. But of course, like the number one thing is always build back better, right? So this is pointing out the many, many problems with rail travel, that the trains are too big, the trains are too long, the trains are too heavy. It's not good to, you know, the the production of hazardous materials, of plastics, of chemicals, of, and it's going to, they want to reclassify some hazardous materials. These were classified as hazardous materials. So why reclass stuff? I think it's because that's oil and gas region there. Uh, you know, they're after gas stoves. And the reason they're saying they don't want indoor gas stoves is because, like, asthmatic children can be affected by it. I mean, show me the evidence on that and the cost-benefit analysis on that. But they're talking about, and that was one of the talking points. They said, I wouldn't, if vulnerable populations shouldn't be exposed to this toxic cloud in East Palestine. Like, that was one of the things the Johns Hopkins guy was saying. And it was very much reminiscent of the language that they're using for the gas stoves. So they're alerting us to the dangers of plastic, to the dangers of chemicals. Hey, man, I actually think the greenhouse gases is complete BS, but chemical pollution is totally real. (laughs) Like, that is bad news. But of course, they're not going to use my solutions, which would, first of all, be it's transparency. Like if people were just aware of it, stop getting everybody totally focused on carbon dioxide, which is not a pollutant. Anyway, I won't tell you about all all that, but I will say this idea of having things smaller, easier, lighter, of um, making it more complicated and costly to transport chemicals and oil and gas and all of that is very consistent with the stuff I was looking at from the degrowth movement, which is the Agenda 21 stuff, Agenda 2030, 15-minute cities, all of this stuff, electric vehicles, everything like that. What they really ultimately want, they even want to, and I saw this in in an editorial in the Wall Street Journal this week, a study that came out of UC Davis saying, we're going to transition to electric vehicles, and then we're going to eliminate electric vehicles because they're so bad for the environment, which is what people have been saying all along. But that train is moving to get rid of fossil fuels already. They know it, and they show their hand that ultimately it's about making, uh, having us consume less, having us produce less, having us move around less, just, just degrowth, degrowth, which I assume is for, uh, like literally physically controlling us and controlling our movement, controlling our communication. If that means crossing borders to other human beings or whatever. So that's a big part of all of this. And the world economic forum, I'll get to this in a sec, uh, announced that the EU's 2021 was considered, they called it the year of the rail. And then the World Economic Forum has like five things that they're going to, that they're celebrating in that regard. I'll read them to you in a second. 
Uh, a couple of other extra things here. One, a big one, actually. This one is pretty central to the main narrative, which is they want ECB or electronically controlled pneumatic brakes, ECPB. But those were actually pretty controversial. So it was one of those things where they're saying it was all Trump's fault. Obama passed this rule that, that train companies had to use these and Trump rolled it back and that it was greed and blah, blah, blah. But the, I don't know what to, you know, I can't assess this myself, but the argument seems to be that they, they have a high rate of failure and they have, uh, they're very difficult to repair and it shuts down the, the trains. And what it does is I guess it turns all the, breaks all the trains at once, all the cars at once. And I think that in itself might be uh, dangerous, but in any case, the narrative is that this particular accident would have been less bad if they had had that kind of break. But that's not really how you can make these kind of regulatory shifts. They have to be, you know, on the on the whole, it has to be the right thing. But that they're pressing so hard for it, I... I have to wonder if somebody somebody at, at the top has a very heavy investment in the companies that are poised to make money off of this thing the way the Homeland Security Chief Chertoff had an interest in those horrible, you know, advanced x-ray machines at the airport when they came became ushered in through a false flag, mind you. Anyway, um, they talk about a lot of human error. The ACL CIO says that it was based on, there's just a lot of like anti-corporate propaganda. Let me see. It says, the AFL CIO said, I don't think you can separate the drastic reduction in workforce over the past seven or eight years from the increase in accident. The rate of safety incidents, said uh, Greg Reagan, president of the Transportation Trades Department of the AFL-CIO. He says that, but he doesn't offer proof for that. Like, they they have gone down. It says, numbers surrounding hazmat cars damaged or derailed have spiked up with 14 reported in 2012, a peak of 117 in 2020, and 85 in 2021. Now, why they picked 2012, <laughs> you know, it's probably the all-time low. Anyway, it says that during that time, they shed uh, 40% of the workforce. And I think that's because they adopted these longer trains. Then, in the same agenda-riddled article, it said, Meanwhile, major railroad operators like Norfolk Southern have paid out $196 billion in buybacks and dividends since 2010, much more than the $150 billion spent on infrastructure improvements during that time. I have absolutely no idea why they don't want people, why they just took this opportunity to take a shot at buybacks and dividends. I mean, why do people invest in these companies to get some of their money back? This is retirement money. I mean, it, you don't just spend it all. Like They are always after everybody spending everything all the time. And... Uh, Anyway, we'll get into that agenda another time. But they, they're just all about agenda. And then those other big theme I noticed was that they said that there was a town hall meeting. Everybody showed up. It looked like they were waiting a long time online. That's another thing that Matt, Matt of Granite State Spice Blend said to me, that he went to a town hall meeting 
recently and they waited for hours. Only 60 people were allowed in. You had to get a ticket. Like it was really weird. And I saw the pictures. These people were waiting and waiting. And then when they got inside, the mayor of the town was there. The U.S. congressman was there. But they were there to hear from Norfolk Southern. And Norfolk Southern did not show up saying that they were worried about the uh, danger to their people. And if you saw this crowd, and so my first thing, so before I even saw this crowd, I heard that on the news and I thought, okay, they're definitely already painting in my mind, right, their vision of being attacked by domestic terrorists, which are like, you know, MAGA people. So I immediately looked up, like, what's the demographic of this town? It's like 98% white. It's Republican. They were all, like, showing up. It looked exactly like I went when I went to march against Obamacare. I mean, it was basically, you know, sweatshirts and fanny packs. And I, I was thinking there's no way, unless seriously, seriously provoked, these people were there to just tear human beings to pieces. <laughs> like They just wanted answers. They're really worried. And I don't know what is going on with this, but like they, there are lawsuits already filed. There are lawyers coming to town. It's like carpet bagging or whatever. And I feel like it's really, it's putting words in the mouths of the people. So they might not even, I would be worried. Like it, do, it looks like a worrisome situation. But they're putting words in their mouths, it seems like. Like, you're going to come out and complain as loudly as possible. You're going to try to hold them accountable because they are the deep pockets. They're already starting to pay people compensation for the inconvenience and stuff. And the the government officials are crying for blood and all of that. And I just feel like they're uh, that too. Because you don't need to file the lawsuit today. Like, there's so much more information to gather. Uh, so that, that seems to be distorting the narrative as well. So I did throw it out there. Oh, I wanted to tell you the World Economic Forum thing. And I wanted to, I read some, I I threw out some tweets and I got a lot of good responses. So let me give you that. All right. So this was in the World Economic Forum article talking about the EU year of the rail 2021. I'm just going to say the five things, the five developments that they're highlighting. One, digital automatic coupling that enables automatic train disassembly and brake testing with electro-pneumatic brakes and electricity and data flowing through the computer system on trains. Ah, so that's exactly what's being pushed in this. I, I didn't really snap to that because I just cut and pasted a lot of this stuff. All right, the second one is autonomous train operations similar to road convoys that allow mainline traffic operation under single driver supervision, as well as operations in shunting yards and fenced-in infrastructure without drivers. Well, that eliminates the human error thing. Digital platforms that finally provide more efficient, seamless international transport by allowing all stakeholders of the rail freight sector to openly exchange data and push data-enabled business models. So don't forget, crossing jurisdictions is a big agenda, and it's about land use. It's about redevelopment. I was going to look up all that stuff, and I did kind of try to find the regional center. Their regional area is called Omega, like Ohio, Middle... Eastern Government Association, something like that, meaning the Middle Eastern states of counties of Ohio. So if you want to like 
do a dive into that. They have plenty of transportation plans and regional plans and everything else. Uh, it says harmonized European rail traffic management systems, ERDMs, <laughs> that unifies rail infrastructure operations across Europe more safely and uh, gives more significant capacity improvements with only a single onboard unit, a communication device per train that will cross borders. So they want international sharing of information. And I'm certain that is one of the things that's underlying this. Like, did they did they respond fast enough to the signal they got when the, they there was that train fire that's shown in the video? If you're following the story, some of the stuff's going to make sense to you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Digital, this is the last one. Digital capacity management by rail infrastructure managers will finally create automated and digitized train paths with full consideration of rail construction sites and allow real-time capacity management instead of lengthy and rigid rigid management processes. So that's one thing that they don't like about Norfolk Southern. That's what cut their workforce so much. They had longer trains, and they got better at scheduling and coordinating schedules. So this, I think... I remember doing a little bit of a show of this when I was digging into the railroad strikes and they were pushing, the World Economic Forum was pushing these trains that are modular so the, the, the cars can separate and reattach with each other without any human beings. But it would require a national or even international system. It couldn't really be private companies doing it. Uh, and then, of course, they come in over the top with the reason why rail is, this is the year of the rail, is that rail transport was the only mode of transport not significantly affected by lockdowns during COVID. Uh, everything else was effed, basically. And it says they will stabilize global supply chains. So now we know why all that stuff was happening like we didn't already. Anyway, um, I did have uh, a listener who kept me really in the loop when that railroad strike stuff was happening. And I just reached out to him, Mr. W, about today's situation. I was really curious about how it could just blow through a train depot. I mean, the train would still have to be in part in that depot. Like it would have had to been derailed with part of it still in the train station. Uh, just by looking at the map, I looked at it a thousand times. I'm pretty confident there's no way it couldn't be in that train station. So unless 
unless those last cars were just the very, unless the cars that were derailed were the very last cars and that everything else was already in Pennsylvania. But that's, mm, I, I didn't see that anywhere. Okay. So he, I said, you know, is there any chance that, that they stopped or didn't stop? And he said, okay, too many variables. Maybe they stopped at the station. I don't know. I've seen trains derail at 50 miles an hour, but this, this was only going 20 miles an hour. If, if that video was true or 30 miles an hour, because the video was 40 minutes before the derailment and it was 20 minute, 20 miles away. He says cold weather will cause a rail to break. Uh, he said the company is definitely going to try to cover it up. No matter what the truth is, they, they would not go to the auditorium and in a week people will forget it. Nobody talks about the guys who died near the Salton Sea or the guy who died in Texas when a car fell on him, the company's covered all up. Uh, I don't doubt that. I just, I think there's there's also a global agenda that these companies cooperate with. I don't know about Norfolk Southern, but I, when you dig in, a lot of times these guys have their, they're totally in, <laughs> in bed with, on board with the the powers that be in their agendas. Okay. So I asked people what I, they thought the top agenda items were. I said it was to build back better rail, to contaminate the well water and all that that implies. And here's a big one. Here's a big one. That thing with the white noise movie, that movie was so unbelievably similar that I'm telling you one image from this thing, the day they lit off that plume called to mind that movie. And the fact that it took place in the exact same place, it's all unbelievable, not believable. I don't believe it. And I think that part of this is to test people's credulity, their, their willingness to believe something absolutely incredible, maybe cre credulousness, uh, because they're just being told it by authorities. Like, I think this is a, a test of how far people's brains will bend to believe what the authorities tell them, even though this coincidence cannot possibly be true. I mean, even to the point where conspiracy-minded people, which this is definitely conspiracy, in my opinion, are saying this is like a simulation. Like, it's an actual repeat or something like that. Like, it's not even, it's beyond conspiracy. But I don't think so. I think this is just, this is, uh, you know, that's, it's just not believable, and yet people believe it. So there's information in that, and these guys, I think, test us out psychologically. So, But people responded with other things that they thought were on the agenda. Zumi says, if the burn was ordered, I want to know who gave the order. I want names. This is unlawful on many levels. I don't want Norfolk Southern bankrupted. And uh, Yeah, right. It's, it's the shareholder is innocent. I want individuals held responsible for the crimes they commit. I completely agree. Uh, okay, Christine says, this is part of a larger effort to deplete the food supply, making us 100% dependent on our, our bug rations. A dependent population is a compliant population. That's all true. Even the self-sufficient types can't survive if the soil and air are poisoned. And the water, you're absolutely 100% right. Andy says, my gut tells me that uh, it was to contaminate the well water, like you said. My family's land is within 100 miles of the radius of natural river water well my grandpa dug. I'm worried for all of those people. Um, oh, and uh, Aunt Flamestove Scary says, Intel is building a huge semiconductor plant 
biggest thing ever to be built, factory or whatever plant like that, to be built in Ohio's history. And uh, she says that the place is going to have some huge water demands. I hope I'm not misgendering Aunt Flamestove Scary. How better than to steal it from local citizens than if you contaminate it? That's a good point. Uh, oh, yeah. OBDM says that they launched this My ID totally. Uh, I agree. And when I tried to look into it, the government page on it was 404 and it was not. So that means like it was, I, I couldn't get to it and it was not in the uh, Wayback Machine. That's always suspicious. Sir Tim says uh, OBDM makes good cases for build back better and contaminate well water. And he also points out that the affected area is Amish, Amish country definitely putting the kibosh on self-sufficient types and forcing them into urban areas while it takes decades for the land to heal if it ever does. Dean says, add to your list, contaminate surrounding food supply. Uh, sick people can't leave the system. Absolutely. It's making people sick. Uh, generate lack of trust in existing systems. Yes, that was the thing about we could not show up to your town hall meeting because you're going to hurt us. You know, it's a breakdown of the system. Absolutely. And he also, Dean also tweeted at me something I saw in the Wall Street Journal. There's a massive train derailment outside of Detroit right now. I mean, come on. Guess it happens every day now. Bad Beat Sab says, maybe others have suggested this. They haven't, but I definitely think it's true. It could be part of the Agenda 2030 stuff, moving people from the country into the cities. In Australia, they use brush fires for this. Um, yeah, I totally think that anything that has to do with transportation is regional, and it's about land use, and it's about regulating stuff, and it is, that feeds into the Agenda 21 stuff. D says depopulation. And now I was, I also asked, does anybody know who made the call to do this? And I had a great little, witnessed a great little exchange in my thread. Fonz says, I'm a hazmat tech. I responded to a lot of semi-accidents where there are spills. The state is involved right away. Police and ambulance respond first, then the state contacts us to clean, contracts us to clean. Someone from the Department of Transportation and EPA gave the green light to burn this stuff off. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it's a PSYOP now that I remember the white noise thing. So yeah, it came down from above. Who they tell, who they attribute the decision to, I don't know, but they this was not done at the local level unless they tricked somebody into making that call so that they could string them up later. He says, I've cleaned some nasty stuff off highways in my time and never once was it suggested to do a controlled burn, even though the spills I deal with are a fraction of what this one is. So if you're not going to burn the little stuff, how on earth would you be willing to burn this stuff? I totally agree. It is absolutely impossible to believe that they blew, they made an explosion they made an explosion to avoid an explosion. It was not cool. Not believable. Uh, Greg chimes in, if there were pipes up, <laughs> depending. If there was a fire from the derailment, then BLEV, believe, B-L-E-V-E is a concern, and a controlled burn would be better than an uncontrolled believe of the same material. But I don't think there was an initial fire. I absolutely am not convinced of that. I'm convinced that there was not an initial fire. Because, as I said earlier, because I just, those pictures... We're all late to the party, and the people who said that they saw those fires or provided those pictures, I didn't. Uh, I didn't buy their story. So, 
then Fon says, not with those chemicals. That amount of vinyl chloride spilled on the ground is already a disaster. They could have put the original fire out and just dealt with the immediate site. Instead, they created a chemical plume of chlorine gas that will travel for hundreds of miles. That chlorine gas, he goes on, is on the Geneva Convention list. Our government gas attacked multiple states. Uh, then Oxlion says, whoever did it will just cite advisors and not look into how they were pr- prioritizing things, but it certainly wasn't public health. One thing politicos are best at, it's diverting and dissipating blame. Uh, rained out Rantcast. A resident was watching and said that North Southwest was the one that ordered and the sheriff approved. I mean, the EPA had been there for a couple of hours, for a couple of days already. That may have been what they were saying on the news, but it can't be true. I'm not saying the EPA calls the shots, but the EPA isn't going to just stand by and let that happen without calling Booty Gig or Biden or whoever. Um, now, Jakey says the EPA did it in fear of groundwater contamination. So maybe they saved the groundwater. I mean, I don't think so, but, and they're certainly not saying that they did. They're saying that the groundwater is contaminated. So that's my point. Even if it's not contaminated, they are saying it is. And you're going to be, I get, you know, I, I don't know what kind of test they can give you for that. There is chlorine in water. If you just give it a test, how do you know? Anyway. Okay. So those were the tweets. That was everything. I guess in the end, my takeaway is basically that if you're if they make a movie about some horrible disaster in your town, <laughs> prepare for a horrible disaster. And I think that's just the upshot here. That thing about the movie is not a coincidence. Therefore, you know, if it's not a coincidence, it's a conspiracy. There's something up. There are a lot of agendas at work here, but I think there is a massive psychological observation going on as, as people cycle through different theories and accept or reject preposterous stuff coming out from the top. We shall see. This is not the end of it. So if you did enjoy this podcast, please share it with someone you think might also enjoy it or post it to social media if you like. And if you want to talk to me on social media, tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I try to answer everything, and I've got a good discussion going about this particular subject. So until next time, this is Deep Dives with Monica Perez. Monica Perez.